Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. We are in the third chapter of Acts. You remember what happened? Uh, Peter and John had seen somebody that cast their gaze upon them, said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, walk. The guy had been lame from birth. They grab him by the hand. They pull him up. He walks. The people are dumbfounded. So let me start with verse 11 of the third chapter. And it says this, while this man was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portico of Solomon, full of amazement. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power of piety we have made him walk? So let me stop there for a second. Again, we've covered this in previous episode. Peter and John saw what was going on. The people were staring at them like they had done something, like they were God, okay? That it was by their power, by their religious piety, that they were able to make this man walk. And Peter says, no, no, I'm not having anything to do with that. Verse 13, he begins to explain why. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate, when he had decided to release him. And so Peter starts talking to him, you know. Uh, a lot of times, again, we covered this previously, you know, people say, oh, this is Peter's sermon. Not in the traditional sense of how we use that word. He is just proclaiming the truth to them. And he's not backing off, okay. He's not receiving glory from them. He's saying, this goes back to God our Father, the one we've worshipped. He has glorified his servant, Jesus. Notice he calls Jesus servant. We're going to learn a lot more about this as we go along, beginning with the next verse, as a matter of fact. But that Jesus served the Father. And he's telling them, you delivered this servant of God the Father, Jesus, you delivered him over to the political powers that be. You disowned him to these political powers that be, the Pilate. And you did this, okay, even though you knew that Pilate had already decided to release him. So, I mean, he is in their face over this. And, and shortly, in a few verses, maybe we'll get to today, probably not. But he's going to come back and say something about, okay, I know you did this in ignorance. Yeah, but you did it nonetheless. Okay? He says, you did this. Verse 14, he continues. But you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. But put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. Do you see how succinctly Peter just cuts to the chase, how he just tells them the truth? In a couple of sentences, folks, he asked them the question that uh, turns it away from them looking at them in two sentences, he tells them exactly what happened. You know, too often we have this sermon mindset that you have to get up, you have to go 30 minutes, you have to go 45 minutes, you have to do all this. You have to make the truths of the gospel applicable. You have to make it attractive. You have to do all this kind of stuff to keep people's attention. Are you kidding me? You want to get somebody's attention? Lay hands on somebody, grab them, pull them up, heal them. 
That is how God gets people's attention, okay? And then tell people what was going on here and what's happening in this thing. Notice what he says. God glorified his servant Jesus. And then he says, but you disown the holy and righteous one. Okay, the terminology he's using right here is he's letting them know this is the Messiah. This is the Holy One. This is the Righteous One. And you disowned him. Okay, how did they disown him? By asking that a murderer would be granted to you. So in case there was any confusion about how they delivered him or how they disowned, he used that term twice, how they did that, he's letting them know it's when you ask for Barabbas, Barabbas, when you ask for him, by doing that, you put to death the prince of life. So he's describing Jesus, servant of God, the holy one, the righteous one, the prince of life. But then he gives them hope in the middle of the sentence. The one whom God raised from the dead. <laughs> God raised him from the dead. He's given them some hope right here in sort of a sideways kind of thing. In the immediacy of this quick sentence. You know what? You put the prince of life to death, but God raised him from the dead. God couldn't have raised him from the dead if he hadn't been dead, right? So can they come back and say, well, we're just playing part of the plan? Uh, no, not really. Because they were totally guilty. Okay? They were guilty of this. And he's letting them know. Okay? This is what happened, folks. You disowned the Holy One. You disowned the Righteous One. You disowned the servant of Jesus. You delivered him. But God has raised him from the dead. Now, listen, last sentence we'll cover today, verse 16. And on the basis of faith in his name, in Jesus' name, faith in his name, belief in his name, on the basis of that, the name of Jesus is what has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him, through Jesus, has given him, this man, this perfect health in the presence of you all. Peter's saying this, John and I are witnesses of the fact that God has raised Jesus from the dead. We've seen him. Okay, The word had already gone out. They had Everybody there had heard about this. We have seen this, and we are witnesses. And it's on the basis of the fact that God raised him from the dead that we believe because we have seen him. And this faith, by his name, we proclaim the name of Jesus over him, grabbed him by the hand, pulled him up, and he is made completely, totally whole. Look what he says. This man is strengthened. The one, This man that you know and that you see. Okay? What had Peter and John seen? They had seen Jesus, and they were witnesses of the fact that he's alive. What are the people seeing? They had seen this man, which they knew had been lame from birth. They'd seen him his entire life. And now here he is, walking, leaping, and praising God. I love that. And the faith which comes from Jesus has made this man and given him perfect health. <coughs> That's how Peter describes it. Perfect health. Not only is he no longer lame, but apparently everything within him is fine and is perfect now. And it's this, giving him perfect health, health in the presence of you all, of y'all. <laughs> you see it. You see that he has perfect health right now. It is by the power of faith and belief in the name of the Lord Jesus. Which Jesus, oh yeah, 
that Jesus, the servant of, of God, the Holy One, the Righteous One, the Prince of Life, that Prince right there can also be translated, are you ready for this? The author of life, the author of life, the creator of life, the creator of all that is, we learned that from the scripture. It is this Jesus, oh yeah, the one that you delivered over, oh yeah, the one that you disowned, yeah, the one that you exchanged a murderer for, oh yeah, the one that you joined together and put him to death. But he's about to let them know that there is tremendous hope for them. If they too will believe. Folks, there's hope for us if we too will believe. If you're a true believer and if you truly believe and you're truly saved, God is wanting to do this type of stuff in and through every one of us, particularly for the day we live in now. It's going to be an amazing thing that the Lord does if we will simply believe. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.